0: We are about understanding, living in and through and around and as one another in this one power of love. Welcome. If you're here for the first time, if we're especially welcoming you. Uh, for all of the rest of you who are both here in person and out there on TV land. Um, I guess it's not TV land, on internet land. The, uh, I'm just grateful that you're here. We are the Center for Spiritual Living Midtown. My name is Dr. Bob Dean and I am so glad you're with us. We are a community that is all about understanding spiritual principle and living from that principle. We, we both study, understand, and then practice. And a lot of what we're about, our, our talks on Sundays, our classes, our discussion group on Sundays, our prayer group on Tuesdays, all of those things are, are all to the service of our vision of teaching spiritual tools and supporting one another in those tools as we move forward into the world, <clears throat> excuse me, and into our, into our lives in this brand new time and place. Um, those of you who are present in the room realize we have a little different seating arrangement. You have some paper and some pins pen, in front of you. That's for you to doodle on, to make, as someone said, origami out of, or or ignore whatever, however that works for you. I always love to have something to do with my hands when I'm listening, so that's why it's there. There will be a time later in in the service where I may invite you to do some writing on those places, so um, thank you again for being with us, and um, one of the really powerful things about who we are is what we teach. We are a new new thought center. We teach the idea that there's only one power, not two or three or four. There's not opposing powers. And the God of love is love, and love is really the the essence of what it's all about. There is nothing to oppose that. We do not believe that there's some two powers vying for control of the human race or any of that. Uh, We simply support and teach this idea that love is all there is, and we live from that place. So I want to tell you a little more about who we are and what we believe, and we'll do that with our video of our Declaration of Principles. This is an excerpt of what we teach.
1: I believe I believe I believe in one God.
0: One absolute power and first cause to all things.
2: I believe that this power is perfect love and creates out of a desire to express love.
1: I believe all thought is creative and how I choose to think creates my personal experience.
2: I believe in the unity of all life and the immortality of the individual soul. Forever oh. unfolding. I believe, I believe,
0: I believe in the eternal goodness, the
1: eternal goodness of God, the eternal loving kindness,
0: and the eternal givingness of God to all. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. So given that that's what we believe, that is an excerpt of our Total Declaration of Principles. You'll find that and a great deal more information on our internet uh, website at cslmidtown.org. So take a look there if you want to get a better idea of what we're about and what we teach. Uh, we, you, some of those folks up there you'll recognize from being in the room today. And they are, uh, one of them at least, is, our, is a practitioner, and today she will be bringing us a message, a few words, and then a an affirmative prayer or spiritual mind treatment. So I'm really happy to introduce to you, what's her name? Hi. Not true, Barbara Guillory, come right on up. I know your name, I'm being silly. Welcome. Hmm. Uh, yes <laughs> that's great yes so
2: um want to say good morning want to say good morning, good morning good morning good morning and happy new year it is just wonderful to be with you guys this morning and also out in cyberland as well so um it's It's just great. Uh, The new year bring about a newness, uh, bring about vibrancy. And of course, we give it another chance. We give it another thought. We give it another idea. I particularly like this time of the year because Dr. Bob always review the four foundations of this teaching, the thing itself, the way it works, what it does, and how we can use it. So these are the fundamental teachings of what the, at one time, Science of Mind was all about, but now the Center for Spiritual Living. And today our focus is on the thing itself. So what exactly is the thing itself? Is it a blob? Is it energy? Is it a thing? Is it an entity? Just what exactly is the thing itself? I'm going to share with you uh, my experience on the thing itself. And then I'm going to share with you Ernest Holmes' idea of what he says the thing itself is. So as most of you know, I grew up as a Catholic and came to this teaching, and of course it was very foreign to me. So the way that I had to get into the teaching, you kind of understood how the physical world worked, but not necessarily the principles, the spiritual world. Uh, One analogy was a car. We, We all know and understand how a car works. The engine in the car is the energy that allows us to operate that car. If we want to go forward, we put it in drive. If we want to go backwards, we put it in reverse. Or if we want to just sit, we put it in neutral. Well, that is one of the ways, many ways that I have had to learn how to use the thing itself, it is our choice on what experience we're looking for that we get to determine. If we want to move forward, then we make the choice to put the car in drive. If we want to move backwards, we make the choice to put the car in reverse. And if we just want to be an observer in life, then we're just neutral, we're not moving, we're just being the observer. And in life sometimes it's just great, just not to do anything. Sometimes you hear the young people say, oh, you're doing too much, you're doing too much. Yes, sometimes we're just doing too much. We do have the impulse to feel that another person is responsible for that experience that we're having. I can tell you that's not the case. And again, because we're choosing the thoughts, the ideas, the concepts that we get to experience. Uh, the triggering that comes when we come across maybe somebody or an event or something is happening, or we just going to be watching TV or somebody just could be talking and there's this impulse that we feel, you can know just from that experience, it's a choice of thoughts. If we choose the right thought, our experience, of course, will be one that's pleasant. And if not, then we're certainly going to feel like we've just been victimized. That was never the intent of the other person or the event. One of the sayings from Ernest Holmes universal principles are never respecters of persons. The universe has no favorites. And again, this is one of those concepts, those ideas, as a Catholic, it's like, no, this is not right. It just didn't make sense. And of course, you don't understand it. And even now, I'm having to go back and again, go over the foundation. So this is, this is always a great time to revisit that foundation. So in learning this concept, I'm not that special Everything is not about me. I'm just not the victim every time. So there's a balance. It is about you and then it's not, but you have to be mindful in the choices that you make and understand when it is and when it is not. So Ernest Holmes says... The mind. Guys, I I was just elated when I understood the one mind. Dr. Bob uh, spoke about the oneness. The song was about the one power. It is about the oneness. When I realized it is just the one mind that all of us have, it was just a a growth spurt for me. The thing that made it different was the choice of thoughts out of the one mind. When you go to the grocery store, you have a choice out of millions of items, just thousands and thousands of items. Again, based on what experience that you want. If you want to have spaghetti, then you choose those items and you have that experience. If you want Alfredo, you get to make those choices. And in the one mind, there are trillions and trillions of thoughts, ideas that we get to choose. And it is this choosing that creates our experience. Ernest Holmes says, the mind which we discover within us is the mind that governs everything. This is the thing itself, and we should recognize its simplicity. So now I would like for us to just center ourselves, and as we do, we're going to do a quick treatment The treatment I will do will be in the first person. Again, why? Because of the oneness. So we all are in this together. We all experience the oneness together. And in this oneness, in this idea, we come to know the universe, the magnificence, the substance, the goodness, the oneness for what it is. We know and understand from this oneness All things manifest. That would include myself, each and every one of us here in this very moment. I am a creation of the oneness. I am a manifestation of the oneness. I am one with the oneness. And in knowing this, I am empowered In understanding, I am a co-creator with the oneness. And as a co-creator with the oneness, I create the experience that I so desire in my life. I create an experience of wealth. I create the experience of health. I create the experience of love. I create the experience of prosperity. I create the experience of peace for myself. It is this oneness, it is this understanding of the oneness, it is this knowledge of the oneness that I am so grateful to know. And for this, I am thankful. And so it is. And so now, guys, we will have a song God is.
0: Am I on? There we go. Thank you. Um, beautiful. Thank you, Barbara, for your treatment and your words at the at the beginning. And and you know, I don't know about you, but when we when we got to that song and she started right out singing, "God is everything in me," went no. Because even after all these years in this teaching, I still have a negative reaction sometimes to that word God, the G word. Because it has been so misused and abused over the years, and people have used it, G word, to tip to abuse and control and manipulate one another, that often we try not to use it too much, because I don't want people to think we're talking about that old God, that that was used in that way because you know god is a word that is is means means something different to everyone it's so many different meanings and today we're going to talk about what it is and what it isn't from my perspective and then why it matters and what to do about it so that's kind of the outline hopefully i'll get somewhere close to that but today it's about it's about what is this g word what is this god thing and, and why, did, well, why does it stir up so much stuff in us? I don't know about you, but I grew up with the belief that God was a personality, that it was a person of some sort that was a deity that was bigger than me. It lived in the universe somewhere. I didn't really believe it was a God up there somewhere because I'd already had enough science as a kid to go, oh no, it can't, there's no up. I mean, on a round planet flying through space, which way is up? So that didn't work for me. Uh, what did work for me, though, was that it was a moral God. And I grew up in, in a tradition that said it believed in the priesthood of the believer, that every believer had the right to choose their beliefs, to look at everything that was going on and what they were being taught and, still, and choose what was true and what was not true for them. And that was a really powerful place to start, even though it was filled with a lot of shoulds and oughts and things that I was supposed to believe. If I wanted to be a good boy, and I really wanted to be a good boy, then more so than now. so um, so that God thing just really, really became a big part of my life. My father passed away when when I was very young, I was seven and he was thirty and and he got saved just before this God thing suddenly came into his life and became very important and and what I heard after he passed away was... Well, first of all, I saw the huge change in him when that happened. His behavior changed. So much changed in the way he treated us and the way he experienced life. He was so sad before that, and he was so free after that, that uh, it, it, it was just a different world. So this God thing got my attention at that point. And I was only seven. Then when he passed away and they told me he had gone to be with God, I thought, well, there's more to it than that. I need to be a really good boy so I can get to go there too, wherever there was. So I spent my life with that, but, but the whole point of that is simply that we all form our ideas of God by our very earliest experiences with power. And that's what the human race has done. We started out experiencing power and how do we experience power and what sense do we make of it? So historically, through the time, through the ages, Humans have done that. We started out seeing the sun as power. The sun and the moon were the great powers in the sky, and they brought energy and light and life. And there, there are, you know, pyramids and and all sorts of things all over the world to measure the sun to make sure that we get past the solstice and the sun comes back. It doesn't just continue to go away. By the time that much of the Bible was written, the belief was that that this universe. Um, that the gods lived above the sky and below the waters and that we were in the in-betweens people. And to know God, you had to understand that through these holes in the sky, light was shining in and that's where the light of God was coming from. It was the sun, it was the moon, it were the stars, all of those things. So, so all of that kind of blends together in the development of human consciousness. Because that's what matters. It's where is your consciousness and my consciousness as we understand this thing called God. And that we keep these, or that we question our gut reactions about it. And as I question mine every day, every time I hear it, I thought I was all over it until I just heard that song right then. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, God, God. uh uh-uh. But that's a God that was about a personality who made choices, decisions. Sometimes it would hand out blessings and good things, and sometimes it would hand out not so good things, but there was never any clear understanding for my part of what made the difference. If you behaved good enough, maybe you got the good stuff. But then I also saw people I didn't think were behaving very well getting all the good stuff or a lot of the good stuff. You know, and then I heard, well, when you get to heaven, that'll all be balanced out. Because in this life, you're not going to have it that way, but when you get to heaven, the bad guys will, will lose and the good guys will win. Well, you know, that didn't last for too long. So, so this, But the whole point of this is the idea that the power of God, the power of this G word, God, is outside of us. When I got into a 12-step program, I learned, I had already thrown all ideas of God out at that point but I had to have some kind of idea. So so what I heard was good orderly direction, G-O-D. I adopted that for a while. That really worked well for me. Um, This idea of oneness, though, took a little longer. I remember in that period of the G-O-D, the good orderly direction, I was in my backyard in in a hammock, just, just rocking, enjoying the afternoon, it was hot, that was the coolest place other than the air conditioning. And I want to be in air conditioning right then. So I'm rocking. I'm looking up at the trees and I'm thinking. And this idea hit me. You know, every time I breathe out, a tree breathes in. Every time I release something, something comes back to me. So there's a circuit. There's a flow. Not only am I. So maybe this oneness idea is about oneness within the natural world which I studied a lot about, I started out as a science major. So I did all that science stuff before I got into this, this philosophical work. And I went, wow, that turned a corner for me, that opened something up new in me, that all of my study about environments and how we are interconnected, it's really a study of oneness and how this all works together from one power, one energy, one place. Um, and then the transformation came along further and further until I began to really adopt what we now teach and what I now teach as part of the science of mind, as a teacher of the science of mind, um, this idea of oneness. I, I thought about in your treatment. You said something. You said something to the effect, and I'm far, forgive me for not quoting you right, but that we are we we can choose to manifest. Prosperity. We can choose to manifest health. We can choose to bring into our lives more of peace, more of all of these things. Well, how do we do that? What are we doing that with? We're doing that with our minds, right? So the mind must be the link somewhere in all of this. That was my, my stepping stone. So this power of one started to grow in me whenever I, I was in looking for and look, trying to understand religions. I was in a master or doctoral program and I was looking at religions and why they were useful to people and how they were culturally developed and all of those things. And, and yet I kept thinking there's something underneath and below and behind that that they're all trying to get to, but nobody seems to be expressing it. <laughs> and then I walked into to the... Uh, Atlantis Church of Religious Science, and I heard them talk about oneness. Well, that sounds like what they're after. And then I heard there's a whole philosophy that's been around for eons that has been right there. At that time, there was not a single book in the Emory University Library about an idea of oneness or a philosophy of oneness. There was nothing about new thought. There was nothing about... Ernest Holmes or these teachings that have been around for 200 years at least and more, if you look really deep into the other teachings. And I went, wow. So I started reading, I started absorbing it all as fast as I could, and it just made so much sense. And I realized this thing I was trying to write as my doctoral dissertation had already been written. And yet it wasn't recognized by my academic world. So I couldn't use it in my, in my doctor, which is why I didn't finish the doctorate to this day. I still have an ABD, you know, all but the dissertation. And, um, and that's great, and I'm happy for that. But the idea here that I want to keep wanting to come back to, is that this idea of one power was so seminal and so important to me. Because in the world, if you look around in our world of, of our five senses touch, taste, smell, see, sight. There's, there's a lot of powers at work here. You know, there's warring, there's people against each other, there's my wonderful healthy body that also surprises me sometimes and goes, oh no, not so much in that department. You know, all these other conflicting things and I just couldn't make sense of it to begin with and it still takes some work with some of it to make sense. But it got to make sense because if oneness is not true and real and one everywhere it's not true and real anywhere, so one power in one place at one time, always, everywhere, everything. So what are the qualities of this one power we talk about, This, our idea of the G word? The, the qualities of this are those, those qualities that, we, that you, you referred to. It's the qualities of love. It's the quality of light. It's the quality of peace. It's the quality of beauty. Beauty is a fascinating thing. We don't talk much about it anymore. Philosophers of the last century spent a lot of time on it. It's not the thing you're looking at. It's your experience of looking at it. It's where the beauty is. That's a consciousness piece. All of those qualities of the infinite are qualities within us that are the infinite, ultimate thing. Prosperity, givingness, creativity, all of that are the connections and the qualities of the universe now what it does do and i love the other part of the quote you read that says it's not personal and this you, this oneness does not operate to make anyone special i like that except when i'm feeling special and then i'm like uh-uh what do you mean it's not special i'm special I got the numbers. I got all the letters behind my name. I got, I got, I got travel behind me. I got all this good stuff. What do you mean I'm not special, Pardon? I got my, I got my mini coat of many colors on that that that, that uh, a member made for me in such wonderful. I'm so grateful for. She painted it. <sighs> what do you mean I'm not special? Well, of course you're not in the sense of that. This oneness works the same way in me that it works in every other person from all of us sitting here to the person that's living on the street and doing the best they can to get by. We're all part of that one power. And the only difference is some of us have learned how to use it and some of us haven't. haven't. And we'll get to that. What we've learned to do is figure out ways in which we can channel through us Not in the sense of going into another mind and body, but channeling in the sense of it just is the natural stuff. When you're thinking, the oneness is all there is. The one power is all there is. So the power that fires your thoughts, the power that makes your brain work, the power that makes your body work, the energy that runs through our systems throughout, the energy that runs all of this, is all created of, is part of that one energetic power, that one universal something. Now, we can't define it all. It's infinite. We are in the process now of defining it as much as we can by, by our lives and by our understanding. It's fascinating. The opening part of the Science of Mind textbook, which was written in 1926 originally, and then later revised in 1935, says that someday, someday science and religion are going to finally get together and realize that we're all talking about the same thing in the same way. Well, hello, we're there. Quantum physics points clearly to the idea of only one power behind everything. That this universe, this known universe, is is a collection of energy and information concentrated in special points and pods all around. You and I are simply points of energy and information. Um, Deepak, Deepak... Chopra really took that idea forward, and others who've looked at and talked about quantum physics and string theory and all of those things, which point to the idea that it's all energy, it's all universal consciousness. And it's interesting because the, even the quantum physics now physicists now are talking about consciousness as the final ultimate bottom line. Once they go past the string theory and the this theory and the that theory, they get down to what's the base, what's, what does it all bubble up from? It all bubbles up out of it as part of universal consciousness. That's the thing itself. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that this, this thing right here is not solid. It looks solid. If I drop it on my toe, it will definitely feel solid. If I stumble around and against it, it We loaded it in and out of the truck today, and it was like, I didn't, we didn't, Jake did. And and it felt pretty solid when he picked it up and carried it. it. Didn't look as solid when he carries it as when I tried to carry it, but still, it's solid. But it's not. You've had, enough, you know, seventh grade science teaches you that this it's it's a it's a collection of molecules and energy, and there's more far more space in there than there is anything solid. Where you go beyond, you below and beyond that. What's behind that? Consciousness. So. When consciousness is at work, God is at work, spirit is at work, life is at work, and it's working as the only thing it can do, which is, and then it takes all sorts of shapes and forms, which means we can create new, exciting, wonderful shapes and forms. I got a real sense of, of urge, urgency to go, and I'll, here's an example of how we use it. Uh, I want, I'm Going back out west, I've been invited to join some friends at, at our new retreat center, um, C- uh, Cedar Ridge, Camp Cedar Ridge, that CSL recently bought in is this wonderful, beautiful space. We were, some of my friends were gonna gather there for just an impromptu retreat. And they called and said, you better come. Well, that's a, Seattle. That's all the way on the other side of the planet. No, just the other side of the country. And I was not in a real good place to just fork out the dollars. So I started looking around, it was late. Flights were 1,200, 1,300. I'm like, oh no, yeah, I'm doing that. Just kept treating about it. If this is for me, it'll come. Woke up one night, about right at 12 o'clock, i have been asleep for a couple of hours, just wide awake, gotta to, got to check flights. What? I'm sleepy. Okay, get my float out, check the, check the flights. And the same flight i have been looking at for $1,200 was $360 that day, that night. I booked it, it went back up the next day. Why it was like that that day, well, huh. So I got to go. I got to go, and I got to go easily and freely and well, and it was well taken care of, and all that was in space. Now, that's a prosperity consciousness piece that's all about, if it's for me, if this is really to my highest and greatest good, then it will be provided. And that has been my experience my whole life, really, even before this teaching, but definitely since getting into this teaching, when I learned how to take that one power and use it by providing mold, not mold like it grows on the walls, but molds like a mold you would pour something into, I create a mold in my consciousness that allows me then to receive stuff. Now I'm getting way ahead because that's the talk for two weeks from now or next week or whatever, Right now, we want to stay focused on what is this thing itself right here and right now. Now, here's the question. Why does it matter what you believe about God? It is my, my personal belief, and has been my whole life, really, that whatever you believe about ultimate power, whether you call that God or science or natural laws or whatever it might be, whatever you believe about that shapes the rest of your decisions. Because if you believe that ultimate power is dual and dualistic, then everything you do is going to be about making sure the bad guys don't win and the good guys do, if you're one of those guys, whichever way you see yourself. Your decisions about everything in life can be based on either a defensive posture against the evil or a positive posture also against the evil and for the good, but always the evil is gonna be the playing, up, playing that off with you. Now we live in a world that plays, us, plays that big, right? I mean, TV, all you gotta do is watch a little news and you hear the fear-mongering that goes on, the terrifying things that are out there on, on YouTube, on everywhere, if you read it too much, you could go, oh my gosh, we're all going down the toilet. Well, I'm not, and I haven't for a long time, so I don't I assume again we go back to what is the basic belief? Do I believe that I'm I'm in a world that could be destroyed by evil forces that are beyond my control that are supernatural? One of the things I most about this teaching is that we do not believe in a supernatural beyond the natural. Now, that may be a little tough for people, maybe God maybe this is this is all there is? Yeah. At this vert at this moment, God itself is everything you see and way- and beyond, but the beyond is simply the natural that we don't yet understand. you know magic think about magic, the things you see that were magic and you go, oh wow, that's magic that's wonderful they must be supernatural no Magic today is tomorrow's science. if people a thousand years ago had seen the, the anybody flying in and out of Jerusalem in a jet plane, they would have said that is magic. There's no nothing holding it up. It's just flying. Well, yeah, there is. Now we know what it is. We know where the you know we know where the places are, how it works, and what makes it work. So tomorrow's magic is simply not yet understood science. Today's magic is that. So as we think of the future, we think I don't know how this is going to happen. If you can envision it happening, you don't have to know how it happens. You just have to know that my imagination tells me this can really be true and real for me. I can have what I want. I can be what I want. And if I believe I live in a universe of oneness where there's nothing opposing that on the on the ultimate level, then that could happen. The only limitation is my own imagination and consciousness and willingness to take action. That's the other part we sometimes forget. you know these things don't happen. I had to pick I had to make the phone call to get the cheaper fare i didn't That didn't just somehow land in my bank account. I had to do it. You have to take the action that comes when you understand the process and the feeling. Hmm. So it matters. The difference it makes in our lives is that we can move out of fear into freedom. You know, it is our basic birthright. It is our basic starting place. That's also in the very first few chapters of the, of the textbook that says, and by textbook I mean Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes, it talks about that freedom is our natural way to be. That's why we have this drive toward it. No matter what may be attempting to, we see us pushing back against it, there's that within us that wants free. Free to go, free to stay, free to love, free to live, free to be who we, we know ourselves most fully to be. That's a great, powerful difference for us. Knowing this oneness means I don't have to be afraid of the evil spirits. You know, the, the, A few years ago, they did a study about what the, uh, the TV people and the movies people did this big Big, big study about what are folks wanting in movies. And the big thing that came out of that was they were wanting more spiritual content. So now we have more spiritual content. And that spiritual content is always about the evil spirit that's coming after you or the bad, the bad juju that's going to get you or the superhero that's going to win or the, you know, the antiheroes of the superpowers that are going to win. All that duality is all about two-ness. I've seen very few movies about oneness. There are a few. One of my favorites is is the last, uh, the last holiday. I think is the title of it, and and where she, the woman thinks she's dying, and so she goes on vacation, and lives out her her wish book that she'd been accomplishing for years and putting together for years, and it's just such a rich and fun and beautiful movie, including her estranged boyfriend coming and you know, weathering the Alps, snow and ice to get to her just while she's up on the roof. Anyway, it's a lot of story. You'll watch it, or you won't. There are are stories that have that out there, but they're rare. So you and I get to rewrite our stories. We get to rewrite that story of fear, of lack, of limitation, of unhealth. And, you know, health... Health is a whole another topic we're going to go into in February, but right now we're just going to stay back with this one power. So know that this is how it is. If you choose to believe in it, if you choose to create beliefs in that idea, then things will come to you to start showing it to you. It's like looking for the car that you were always thinking you wanted, and then suddenly they're showing up everywhere. I'm seeing Teslas everywhere. and. And I'm not yet sure how I'm gonna finance that, but I'm seeing Teslas everywhere, including out here. Thank you, Rick and Lynn. Um, because to me, that's kind of the next idea of, oh, okay, the next idea of what a um, uh, car, what the car industry is gonna be about. So, uh, so Vance is standing over here, which is letting me know that I need to wrap this up, and I will. Um, our, theme, our our affirmation for this week, and I invite you to use it and then watch for what happens in your life. And the affirmation is God is all there is. It means you've got to get clear about what you mean by God and the all and what the connection between the two happen to be for you. So I encourage you to work with that, to play with it, to write it, to think about it, and come back next week and we'll take the next part. In fact, we won't. I will not be here. I will be on another retreat. And uh, the wonderful Reverend Angela, who's sitting back here, will be speaking to you next week. And we will uh, continue right here, same channel, same place, same good vibes. Thank you. You're wonderful. So am I. So it is.
1: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dr. Bob. <laughs> For an awesome talk back in person in January. So for those of you online, come join us. Uh, yeah. We're uh, having a good time. So I'm going to go through our affirmation of prosperity, but you can donate online at CSLMidtown.com. Click on the donate button. If dot you're org. here in person. Dot org. Both. Dot, okay. com. dot org. Sorry. They'll both get you there. It is a dot org. Uh, But the, uh, and if you're here in person and you want to donate, there's a basket in the back to do that. So, join me um, in our affirmation of prosperity, I live in a universe of abundance. abundance As I freely and joyfully joyfully give, I join in the divine flow, and all that I share with life returns returns to me, multiplied multiplied abundantly, abundantly. and so So it it is. is. Back to Dr. Bob for some announcements. Mm-hmm. And a class is coming up.
0: Yes, we have a class coming up. We'll have a little video about it next week that uh, I am teaching co-teaching with Mary Mann and Morsi. That's a mouthful, right? It's called Prosperity Plus 2 because it's the second version. And this will be um, done online only. And uh, we will be doing this on uh, Wednesdays, starting the last Wednesday of the month, I believe. And yes, the last Wednesday of the month will be for 10 weeks, but it is an opportunity to fully embrace a prosperity consciousness that no matter what your dollars and cents are in the bank, you know you're well cared for and well taken care of. And she has many wonderful practices to do that. Um, So I invite you to sign up online. There are on our website and through our our emails, you'll see the the links for that. And, That's our only announcement right now, except for our usual Tuesday group is still meeting. This week we're going to be talking about is God really all there is? And then we'll be doing some treatment together, prayers together. That's at noon on on Tuesday, not Wednesday, Tuesday. And um, I think that's it for now. So join me, if you will, in our closing affirmation, which we have up here, or you may have one of the printed versions. And it says, I leave this place now knowing something better than I knew before. I go forth into the world with a heart full of love and a mind full of good sense. I look at the world in a greater way, knowing that I have within me everything I need to create the life I desire. I give thanks for this understanding, and I am grateful for the spirit of life that lives through me, and so it is, and so it is. Thank you all very much.